So we all know what's coming, right? You know, 12 days from now, what do we have? Thanksgiving, right. And exactly 40 days from today, who's coming? Santa Claus, right? It's Christmas. So we know these dates. We know what's coming. And yet, ironically, next Sunday, which is the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, we will celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ again at the end of time. And while we know how many days there are until Thanksgiving, and we know how many days there are until Christmas, we have no idea, none at all, of when Christ will return again. This morning in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, he said that we will be taken by surprise. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And fortunately, and knowing the, the dates of Thanksgiving and Christmas, we can, we can get ourselves prepared. Unfortunately, because we don't know when Christ will return, we, we don't prepare very well. You know, we think that we've got plenty of time. You know, I... I'm just like you, I put off confession as long as I can. You know, priests are supposed to meet with a spiritual advisor, a spiritual director monthly, you know. I, I've had times when it's like, I don't, I don't have time, you know. Let's put it off till the next month. And so very important things about our faith life, we just keep putting off, you know. We, we think we can take care of it later. You know, I put off my Christmas shopping and not a good idea. The, the, the earliest Christians were intensely in touch with a belief, as we have, of the second coming. But we've kind of explained it away. We found every way that we can to not think about it, you know, to put it in the back of our minds, to, you know, we, we start reading something about those days and, and, and we want to get away from it. We don't want to face up to the fact that it's going to happen someday. You know, we, we don't want to take the end of time seriously. You know, I, all of us here, including Father James, myself, you know, we want to retire someday. Uh, but how many of you sitting here have not done anything to get ready for that? Uh, experts say that most people wait way too long before they start putting something away for retirement. Through most of our lives, we, you know, we, we definitely don't take that reality into consideration. And, you know, we deny death even more than we deny that, that we have to retire. But Matthew is telling us we must prepare. And, and he speaks to us of how to prepare for Christ's coming. And the cost, the great cost in failing to do so. And so he uses a talent to instruct us and to you know, make some points that we had better dared not ignore. And a talent, as he uses it here, it, it was not a coin. It was actually a weight of silver. And a talent of silver could be worth 
almost 15 years worth of wages. So here one of these men is given 75 years. I mean, he could have retired right then, run off with the stuff and forget about everything. But each individual in the parable was given a lot of money. Of course, because of the, the word talent that is used here, we want to relate that with, um, you know, with our personal talents, our skills. But that, that's not what uh, Matthew was getting at here. You know, for Matthew, the rich master is who? The rich master is God, right? And, and the servants are each of us. And to each of us, God has given a, a certain measured gift of faith. That, that's what the talent is describing for us here. It's faith. And we're each given faith according to our ability to use it. So one man goes out here and he buries the master's money. And quite fr frankly, in that day and age, that was a good thing to do. If you buried the money, then you were not responsible if it might get stolen. But, but, the time comes, the master returns, and the man's in trouble. You know, this third man, according to the way people thought about it then, and perhaps even now, he's the one who the folks that Matthew was writing to thought should get the prize, because he was prudent about things. But imagine their surprise when, when they learned that putting the master's money at risk was what Jesus expected of them. Part of the message of the parables is, is that what God expects of all of us is not the ordinary. And faith must be invested. You know, we can't just let it reside here in our heart and in our mind and not do anything with it. God expects us to use our faith in ways that will make it grow, that will, that will make it spread. And we must risk our gift if it is to become anything more than it is right now. And simply sitting around and Avoiding evil, that gains us nothing. You know, we shy away from the notion that, that God would punish us. But here stands a parable stating quite the contrary. All of Matthew's listeners would have applauded the, the, the burying of the money for safe, safekeeping. However, Matthew calls the man a wicked, lazy servant. Too many of us, too many of us think that, you know, I'm a pretty good person. Now, I'm not that bad, you know, God wouldn't condemn me. But the parable suggests strongly that, yeah, yes, he might. If we don't use our faith, if we don't make our faith grow, God will take it away. And, and he'll throw us outside of the kingdom.
And the third man feared the master. He, he described the master as reaping where he did not sow and demanding, you know, in other words, he felt that the master was very harsh. And the master agreed that he reaped where he did not sow. Our master reaps, you know, with the seeds that he sown through us. But on the other hand, the master in the parable did not agree that he was harsh at all. You know, how could a master who gave thousands to three servants and then trusted them to use it without any instruction be harsh to them? This is trust. You know, we've all been given faith and God trusts that that we will use it well. And, and further, the, the master gave the same reward to the first two servants, regardless of the, the differences in money. He rewards their efforts on his, on his own behalf, and he's not concerned about quantitative results. That's not harsh. That's loving. You know, to do your very, very utmost best with the faith that God has given you. God trusts. God loves us. And all of us know that in order to be ready to prepare a Thanksgiving dinner, or in order to be ready for Christmas, we can't wait till the last minute. Investment managers tell us, you know, that we cannot quickly double our money without long-term investment. And when Jesus comes and Jesus asks for his talents back, what are we going to be able to give him? You know, will we be able to say, you know, here, Lord, are my children. You know, look at the good, the good they have become. You know, will we be able to say, Lord, I, I, you know, I, I gave myself in so many ways to my church, my faith community. You know, look at the good all of that has become. Will we be able to say, Jesus, you know, I gave my life for you. I took that faith that you gave me and I made it everything. Look at the good that I have become. Or will we... You know, will we be stumbling around for work? 